What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet today by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. It's been Bongiorno. a while since it's been across the power of the internet. It really has, and I know we don't really necessarily like this way of doing it that much, but, you know, we had to. It's temporarily necessary. It's temporarily necessary, because <laughs> I got the COVID, and oh, I'm on the bend. I'm almost done with it. I have, like, a few more days of having to wear a mask just to be absolutely sure, because I'm no longer contagious anymore, but that's we're having to do it this way. Well, so, the, but at least the, we're getting an episode done this week. So at that's, least we're getting that's an, an episode this week because the additional <laughs> story is that my parents were supposed to visit me last week for like a yep. few days. But I got exposed to COVID right before they were supposed to show up. So I'm taking home tests and I'm like, oh, no, this could ruin their visit. I keep testing back negative. Um, I never did have any symptoms. So I saw them on Saturday just for that one day and then kind of towards the end my dad started to get a really bad cold like he was coughing a lot so sunday morning they were like we 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 know that we didn't get anything from you it's only been literally less than 24 hours but my dad thought he might have covid so they were like we should go so i was so sad to hear that i know because i know like i mean because yeah that just it just Really but then that also then meant that, that I had around. been possibly double exposed to COVID from both my parents and the one before. So it's like, okay, well, I guess I have to sort of self-isolate again just in case to just be on to the be safe sure. side. You're still feeling good? Still feeling <laughs> oh, okay? Oh, yeah. I feel totally fine. Nice. I have an iron immune system because I eat my fruits and vegetables, kids. That's nice. the problem, Jared, with your well, fruity I mean, pebbles. I, the, I, really, I haven't had fruity pebbles in forever. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, I mean, I was really annoyed the whole time because, like, or more frustrated by it because I had just gotten the booster literally two weeks ago. Yeah, that sucks. I can still get you. So just be careful out there, kids. Crazy. Get your vaccines, get your boosters. So that way it won't be any bad, really bad. Because for me, that, it was fine other than just being like really tired. Like which sore still, throat fatigue. Not even really sore throat, more like oh. itchy. Just more like itchy, a little bit of congestion, stuff like that. But for the most part, it was not as bad as it could have been. So Good. I'm grateful for that at least. But – that means we are here, ready to go, talk about some video games with you all again, because, my God, Mogan, I don't know about you, but I've missed it. I've been missing it. I've, so. I've both been missing it, and just like in the past month and a half, it's been a great month and a half in gaming know, for me. I know, Like, I've been knocking out a couple of really good games, and then another one just came out, and it's like, wow, I guess all of the games that I care about either came out or I'm playing during the summer. Well, and it's, it's nice, too, because I think... We're both about to finish the one big one that's been keeping us up for a while. Alo goes west. I'm actually I'm on the last mission. I'm finishing it. Tonight. Oh, so oh like, you're okay. You're ahead of me now. Then yeah, yeah. I'm still really close, but I just got to. I'm just gonna say it because I don't think it's that much of a spoiler. Sure. I just got to the Quen's settlement, like oh, called okay. Landfall. Yep, yep. So that's oh. how far I am, and I have. You've to got go. a little bit more to go then, I think. Okay, I'll I'll get back on it. I've been playing, but I, you know, we we kind of made a pact of like, okay, we're going to try to finish the game this weekend if we can. But unfortunately, I'm back. I I keep getting distracted. I keep like by other stuff in the game. I keep right. being like, "Oh, but what is over there?" Oh, no, like, that was the whole thing. I was good. <laughs> I was totally with you like, I'm just going to mainline the the remaining uh main quests here. It's going to be great. And we're just going to I'm just going to knock it out that way. Well, of course, then I still ran across a couple side quests. I'm like, I need to do this one first i feel like i feel like it's I mean, important for the story if i do this one first you at and least all this have other stuff. to do tall neck missions that's a requirement yeah. right yeah, yeah gotta do those gotta, gotta do find those. out what's out there on the map exactly. um but i will say yeah i think you've got a little bit more because there's a mission coming up that was long and hard 
is it okay mild spoiler here is it like the super thunder jaw no one's that Uh-oh. oh oh no the the like the big fancy thunder jaw that's the outside apex, of, the apex yeah. thunder jaw oh yeah, yeah no exactly. it's not that one that one did hold okay. me up for a little bit but there's no it's it's something else so i'll need to i'll check back in with you later today or something like that okay i'll see if i can at least get to that quest by the end of today because i spent this morning playing a, a fair bit as well but the quest that you're on also has some pretty good uh reveals revelations from it too, which I'm excited for you to hear to get to as well. So okay. good time all around still to be had, but yeah, so we're finishing up that one pretty soon and I'm just ready to be able to, I do miss that feeling of finishing deal. a game and I, yeah, we need to do the full review also, but like I need to start knocking out some other games cause I've been on horizon for way too damn long. <laughs> we need some wins. We, we, need, exactly, we need to get a few exactly. of these done and fully reviewed. And so we can move on to the next stuff. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Some of the next stuff is why we're here today, because Mogan is bringing a review of one of her more uh, recently played, but also very high up in your list of favorites, maybe? Very high up in my list of favorites. Ooh, so today is going to be our full review, well, my full review of Death's Door. Which I'm very excited to hear about this game, because so, you've been talking about it a lot, trying to pump it up to me, but oh like, my God. I haven't played it yet, so I'm yeah. very excited to hear about it. My goal today is to convince you to play it, because I feel like you seem like you're kind of on the fence about it, and I feel like the stuff that I have to say is maybe going to convince you, because I okay. think you might have some preconceptions about the game that other mm-hmm. people in the world have put out there. And I think are wrong. So we're going to talk about that and how it's just an amazing game all around. Spoiler alert. It's a really, really good game. Uh, It actually came out last year in 2021 um, from developer Acid Nerve and published by best indie publisher in the game, Annapurna Interactive. Uh, Better than Devolver? Well. (laughs) No, they're both great. They put out some fantastic games. Devolver's games have a very specific vibe to them a lot of the time, mm-hmm. which I I do love. But Annapurna, they'll get behind the weird stuff. Like yeah. the stuff that's not weird in the way of like, oh, it's crazy and fast-paced and gory like Devolver's and funny. Weird. Yeah, that's Devolver's yeah. weird. Annapurna's weird is like, what if you just got on a cool motor scooter and zipped around the desert for a while and you were mostly just there for the vibes? Uh, is that Wildhearts? Sable. Sable, damn it. What's Cyanar Wild? Anyway, different discussion Sinar for another time. Wild Hearts doesn't take place in a desert. Oh, but, it but it's on motorcycles. motorcycles. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay, <laughs> good guess. Good uh, guess. Good, I, I tried. I tried. But hey, you're here listening to us, which is great because that means you found where you can listen to us. Those news episodes that come out supposed to be on every week Thursdays at 9 a.m. Central Time when we release them. But hey, you know what? Things happen. Schedule gets adjusted. We let you know. COVID when it does. happens. COVID happens. COVID happened. It's not our you know fault. I mean? so, <laughs> it's things we got to deal with. But hey, we're here today. And so you can listen to our episodes on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. You can also join us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server. And if you want to be uh, like some of the cool kids who go over to www.patreon.com slash team chat podcast. And those cool kids are Super Saiyan Ace, Elise F, Zach S, Marion S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W. They've all gone over there to support the show for as little as a dollar a month. And in return, we're giving them cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general Thursday release and access to a private channel on our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery. But hey, guess what? Everybody who listens to and supports Team Chat Podcast is a cool, is a cool kid. And so you can help support the show and make it bigger and better by uh, telling your friends, writing us reviews, and subscribing wherever you're listening to or watching the show. And for that, we love each and every one of our viewers, patrons, and listeners alike. Heart emoji. 
it's been a while since we've been able to do the properly angled heart emoji. Right? To make this it is really the correct look like a heart. Yeah. It looks good. It, it looks, looks good. good. Yeah. Looks but thank good. you all for being here and supporting the show. We love you. Every time you read off the list of patrons, in my head, I'm always like, hmm, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he listens to the show. <laughs> we, Michael you B. Can't, you can't prove that that's not Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Actually, I can. He's been on the show. <laughs> no, you can't. Shut up. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, so we've got a lot of great stuff coming in, uh, namely this review of Death's Door as the main topic for today. And you know what? I'm just so excited, Bogan, to hear about it. Why don't we just go ahead and jump right in? Indeed. So bit of a preface here. I am going to be talking about major story beats. Basically, this is going to be kind of similar to my Hollow Knight review. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be nearly as long, but the first half is mostly going to be discussion about gameplay, level design, sort of basic stuff that you don't necessarily need to know about the game, but that adds to why it's such a good game. And the next part is going to be actual impactful story beats, which is not going to be massive. Um, I won't say that Death's Door is like, you know, it's not like Horizon Forbidden West where it's hundreds of hours long potentially this is a right. shorter game so we're not going to be talking about anything that's you know mind-blowing exactly but it is going to be big story beats from the game and basically i just want to talk about the entire thing uninhibited so i'm the the gloves are off i'm talking about the whole game so let's go ahead and get started so death's door is an isometric action adventure game and in my mind, I've always, I think, and I think I've said this out loud before, that like top-down isometric as mm -hmm. like a cohesive unit, which I did some more research on and I don't think is actually true. I think the phrase top-down in video games specifically refers to when you are actually directly above the screen right. looking straight down like Hotline Miami. Mm -hmm. I think that's an actual top-down game isometric because this is a 3d game it's not 2d this is a 3d isometric game that means that you have an elevated view but you're looking into the game at an angle so that you can see more of what's around your character than just what's immediately in front of them right so it's just sort of a, a, a semi-zoomed out 3d view of the game Think you're Hades, think you're Diablos. Exactly, like yeah. Hades is a really good comparison, but Hades, I think, is more along the lines of 2D isometric, which is beautiful, you know, the hand-drawn animations. Mm. Uh, the look and feel of Death's Door is very much 3D, kind of low-poly, highly stylized characters and level designs. Speaking of characters, so the synopsis of the game is that Death's Door, uh, in Death's Door, you play as a little crow, which for starters, 10 out of 10. Everybody <laughs> likes crows, little friends, little trash garbage birds that'll bring you money and french fries and anything else in exchange for shiny things that they like. You play as a crow. And you work for the Reaper Commission headquarters. I'll call it the RCH from now on, but no okay. one in the game calls it that. In fact, I think they mostly just call it HQ, so maybe I should just call it HQ. Uh, anyways, you are a Reaper. So what that means in the context of the game is you and other crows like you are literally reaping souls. You're basically playing the role of the Grim Reaper, but you take your assignments from the Reaper Commission headquarters, which is this very sterile, kind of silent, really black and white uh, bureaucracy, essentially. It's just a big office. Like when you go to the Reaping Commission headquarters and you're walking around exploring, it's all like marble floors and iron benches and office desks and little computers everywhere, like mm -hmm. old ones too. <laughs> like nice. old computers and you're like, oh, okay, so this is just sort of a regular office, which is very true, but it's also half empty, which is a little unusual. 
So as your little crow, you go in and you go to the main sort of, I guess, commission headquarters hall, like the main hall, and you talk to Chandler the Handler. He's an excellent NPC. <laughs> He's very anxious. He loves to follow rules, and he gives you your assignments. So the game starts off with Chandler assigning you to collect a... I, I'm not exactly sure if the game calls it a giant soul, but just mm -hmm. a really large soul. And he's like, oh, you got to go collect this like monster's large soul. Kind of weird that you're getting such a big assignment. That's that's a little a little odd, but you know, go for it. You're going to do great, kid. Get out there and get that soul uh, and make sure you come back with it. Because in the context of the game, Reapers can only be assigned to one soul at a time. Mm. So a reaper gets their assignment. They go out into the realms. I don't really, I can't really remember what the game calls the world outside of headquarters. Mm. Because Reaper HQ sort of exists in this pocket dimension almost, where the crows themselves are immortal. So they don't age. They just, they just go out and they reap their souls and then they come back. And they are only briefly mortal for the time that they are outside of headquarters. Hello, kitty cat. Oh, oh there's a kitten. Yeah, so Hello. most of the time, when they go out and reap souls, they're only out there for, you know, maybe a few minutes, couple hours, and during that time, they briefly age. But when they come back to headquarters, they're immortal again. So most crows live for a very, very, very long time. Not now, Kitty. <laughs> go on. <laughs> go on. Mother is supposed to be part of it, too. He does, but this is the boy, this is a very important review, my son. You have to go. <laughs> New bed, kitty. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they're only briefly mortal while they're outside actually reaping souls. And then when they come back to HQ, they turn in the soul for it to then be basically processed and sent on to the afterlife appropriately. Mm -hmm. So your crow, our little crow, goes out to reap this assigned giant monster soul. And in the process fails because you get to the boss you beat the boss it's awesome what a great introductory fight that sort of teaches you the basics of the game it's more or less your tutorial level mm -hmm. sort of uh, but right when you go to actually collect the soul of the monster you've defeated you get ambushed a door oh, opens no. up um and kid and kid and not now not now my son okay <laughs> a door opens up and you're ambushed by a mysterious, like much larger than you old crow. And he basically knocks you out and steals the soul that you had. Oh, wow. I know, right? What, what a jerk. Twist. So you're like, okay, that was weird. But you follow him through this spectral door that he opened up into the cemetery. And you're going through the cemetery trying to find this crow so that you can get your soul back. And you eventually do find him. But it's too late. He's already taken the monster soul that you had, and he sent it on through Death's Door, oh. which is an actual thing in the game. It's this huge floating door that just kind of floats over kind of space almost, mm -hmm. but it's like this gray sort of mountainous cloudy space just sort of out into nothingness. Uh, and he has already sent your soul through Death's Door, which means you cannot turn it in and complete your assignment. You're like, oh, uh-oh. So you're talking to this old crow, uh, and rather than just kill him outright, which your crow doesn't talk, he's a little silent protagonist, and he's not even a he, it's just a crow. I will probably say he by habit, but that's not necessarily true. So the no old name? crow... Just crow? 
nope, you're just crow. You're just little crow. Okay, young crow. So your little crow learns from old crow, whose name is, I think, the gray crow. That's what they call him. Um, your crow learns from gray crow that gray crow was once just like you. He was once a little reaping commission headquarters crow, and he was also assigned to collect a specific soul that he was not able to reap because somehow the soul that he was assigned wound up behind death's door, which is mm. too powerful to simply be opened. You can't just walk through it at any time. Oh my God. I gotta Kenny. say, I'm, I'm thrilled that your camera is not angled any lower. We'd be getting some, we'd have to censor this whole show. Yeah. We would have to censor his whole <laughs> Dude, butt. kitty butthole. Get out of here. <laughs> Go. Bye hey. Hambone. He's, he's so excited about death's door. Not now Hambone. <laughs> Okay, so you learn from the old crow that basically your soul and his soul are both now trapped behind death's door, and his hope was that the monster soul he stole from you would have been large and powerful enough to bas basically break down death's door so mm. that they could get to the other side to the ether where the soul is and collect both his soul and your soul so that you can both turn them in and go back to being immortal again because you could return to Reaper um, Central Headquarters and basically, you know, keep, keep living forever and ever and ever okay so that's why the old crow is so very old he's basically been trapped in a mortal state because he hasn't been able to collect back up his soul and return to reaper commission headquarters and turn it in that's so now the, by s stealing your soul that you're trying to do that gets him back in even it though it would was a, oh okay even that's though it was assigned he, to you that's what his hope was his hope was really that the monster <laughs> soul he stole from you just would have been strong enough to open death's door so yeah. that he could get his assigned soul and then turn it back in and thereby become immortal again. Got it, got it. Got that it, got didn't it. work, obviously. The soul was not strong enough. Now they're just both behind death's door and it's like, huh, well, this is a pickle then. So the old crow basically turns to you and he's like, well, you're in the same boat as me now. And it's like, bitch, you put me here. This is your fault. <laughs> How dare you make it seem like we're in this together? We're not. This is your fault. But he basically traps you into the situation of, ooh, you really need to get past death's door too now because you need your soul back. Mm -hmm. And the old crow theorizes that you can do this by collecting three giants' souls from monsters that have lived in this realm for far beyond uh, their expected lifespan. Okay. Because as you start to learn throughout the game, creatures are not really dying on time unless mm. a reaper goes out and, and gets them. Like a reaper actually has to go and reap their soul and thereby sure. complete the process of life and death. So you're going to go out and you're going to collect these three giant souls from around the map. So the way that the game is structured is... I would argue that the cemetery is sort of the, not argue, it's it's very obvious in the game. The cemetery is your central waypoint for getting to the other three areas of the map where the other three giant souls live. There's the estate of the Urn Witch. Yeah, the estate of the Urn Witch. I think they call her the Urn Witch. It's either the Urn Witch or the Ceramic Witch. I don't remember which one they choose. But there's the estate of the Urn Witch, which is off to the west. There's the Kingdom of the Frog King off to the east, and then there's the mountains kind of northwest of everything. In the context of the game, it's not exactly north, but you get the idea. Sure. So you have to go to these three locations and basically fight through, you know, just mountains of enemies to get to the final boss and then reap that giant soul and then return it to not reaping commission headquarters but to the the to death's door because you're basically hmm. gonna splatter them all through there and hopefully break it down okay i gotta take a break real quick take a little break <laughs> 
This is going to be a very talking so, heavy. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a question then as you're as you're taking a break, give you a little breather here. Um, so these the souls, the little souls that you're fighting, and the normal enemies along the way that you're fighting, those don't count toward your soul count or like being able to open. It's not like if you get you killed like thirty of these guys, that suddenly is like okay, you've got enough now to open up Death's Door and get like this x reward back or something like that it's all based on purely getting those big bosses at the end correct yeah only the big bosses souls the giant souls are going to count and this really kind of leads us naturally away from the synopsis and into the gameplay so everything that i've set up until now is just early game stuff that happens in literally the first 10 to 15 minutes of when you start the game Uh, if you were struggling a little bit more you might need like 20 to 30 minutes but that's early game information i don't even really count that as spoilers that's just Mm -hmm. the setup So the gameplay then is phenomenal, and it's really one of the things that makes Death's Door so incredible. It's very basic, but it executes everything so well that it just flows so nicely. So your crow starts out with just a sword. That's his weapon. And you've also got magical projectiles in the beginning in the form of a magical bow and arrow. So the sword can be stringed together. You can swing the sword to string together. Little combos. I think the max combo hit is like three, and you basically just go, you know, tap, 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 and he does a little series of three combo moves. There's also an alternate heavy attack, which I think on the Switch version you use... Oh, I was using a Switch controller, but it was the Steam version. So don't take me... You can take that with a grain of salt. This may actually not be the Switch controls. It's just what was mapped to my Switch controller on Steam. So L2 is what activates your heavy attack. And the heavy attack takes a minute to fully charge, and it's Mm. really slow. So while you're trying to use a heavy attack, you're much more vulnerable to incoming enemy attacks. But if you can get it off, it does a lot more damage than the basic uh, melee moves do. So between your light and your heavy attacks, you also have a dodge, which is the traditional dodge roll. Classic Legend of Zelda, dodge left, dodge right, dodge all over the place so that you don't die. Which is very easy to do. You are quite killable. The crow <laughs> does not have any defenses. It's just a crow. They have they feathers have don't hollow, do much. <laughs> avian bird syndrome. They have hollow bones. My bones, Jack. My bones, Jack. <laughs> So the crow is very susceptible to being dead. Uh, In the beginning of the game, I think you start out with just four HP, and every hit you take takes away one of your HP points, which is redundant. I should have just said HP or hit points. Anyways, every single hit just takes away one of your hit points right away, and if you get to zero, you're dead. The word dead splashes up on the entire screen with this amazing, very impactful, like, boom, and it's like, you're dead like great love that drives the point home and you are teleported back to the last door that you exited from so not only is the game called death's door but all of your movement within the game between the different areas and the different realms that you're passing between is facilitated by doors Mm. the crows and the reaping commission headquarters they rely on doors to get everywhere to facilitate the transfer of souls the game revolves around doors So you can activate doors at different waypoints around each section of the map. Usually each region will have at least three to four doors, the exception being the cemetery. I think the cemetery only has one door entrance, but then you can take different exits that aren't formally doors to get to Mm -hmm. other regions of the map, which is why it's sort of your central area that then branches off into different ones. Okay. Uh, but so when you die, you go right back to the door that you just exited from, which is usually 
in the same area that you spawned from, and it's just a matter of wake, uh, working your way back to where you died to continue where you left off. Which leads us to the level design which is excellent. So what I just said, the process of dying, returning to the last place that you left off, and then keeping going, I think that alone is what led me- that very, very light roguelike aspect, I mm-hmm. think is what led some people to compare Death's Door to Dark Souls, which is a bad take. That's wrong. I've never <laughs> once thought that the two would be no. tied together. But when I was doing additional research so wait, on it, I was what's, reading what's all making these old the reviews. I no no idea. I think it's huh. just the process okay. of dying and trying again. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, okay. Just like what? That's ridiculous. And, and the fact that people likened it to Dark Souls at all is baffling to me. So if you hear that, if anybody tells you like, oh yeah, Death Store, it's kind of like an indie Dark Souls, it absolutely is not. Well, and because too, like. Not not this is not like a a, a a knock against your skill as a gamer or anything like that, but like you completed the game hundred percent, like you're yeah, through. You're through. I one hundred percented it, and it took me seems, exactly sixteen hours and forty five minutes. I think. Okay, yeah, and whereas like Dark Souls, you could spend that much time on one boss. Yeah, it exaggerated, also, but so yes, the, you know what I mean. So it's like it seems like it that those like the the yeah. difficulty doesn't even stack up in the same way. And no, like that. so I do just kind of want to get this out of the way right now. The other thing that I heard about Death Store from multiple people was that it was really hard. Was that it was difficult. Mm-hmm. That's so incorrect. <laughs> it's oh, not. Okay. Well, hard. that's good for me to hear. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy. It's not like a walk in the park. The other game that Death Store draws a lot of comparisons to are the old school Legend of Zelda games, mm-hmm. which I think is a much more accurate comparison, at least in terms of the way you get power ups, the way the game progresses. Some of the areas in the map are basically dungeons. There's a final boss. When you beat the final boss, you get a new power. You move on. So the cycle that the game, that the gameplay has i totally see the comparison to the legend of zelda which i think is a positive thing and it's Mm -hmm. a very very fun game the dark souls comparison makes no sense and one of the key things that it's missing and you kind of touched on this earlier when you asked about sort of the quality of souls is while you're killing smaller enemies you do basically get like a little soul point from them. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if the game calls them soul, soul points, but that's what I'm going to call them. They might just be called souls. So when you kill other enemies around the map that aren't giant souls, they give you a couple, maybe like 30. If they're kind of a bigger enemy, they give you a smaller amount of souls that you slowly store up. But when you die, those don't go away. You don't lose anything when you die. And you can die as many times as you want and lose nothing. You don't mm-hmm. lose your gear. You don't lose your souls. And you then don't have to go back and recollect them from the last point that you died, which I think is the thing that makes Dark Souls Dark Souls, that you have to return to where you died, collect all your shit back up so that you don't lose it forever if you die before you're able to reclaim what you lost when you died the first time. So if anybody tells you that Death's Door is really hard or that it's like Dark Souls, ignore both of those things. That is not true. It has a decent amount of challenge. It's not easy, but it is, it's very, it makes sense. There's no, there will be no fight and there will be no enemy in the game where you're like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
All of it is very fair <laughs> gameplay, and the game gives you everything you need to take down bosses and smaller enemies alike without any flair, without any fluff. It's just like, yep, you've got what you need. Go out there, use your melees, use your little bow and arrow, your pew-pew, use, you, you, use, use your heavy attack and just get it done. That's all you need. You're already equipped. You don't need anything else. And it's like, great, I'll do that. So that being said, as you make your way through the game, you do get three additional magical projectile attacks. You know, initially you start with just your bow and arrow, but you get three more as you play the game. Mm -hmm. The magical things that you get as power-ups are actually required to progress in the game. They actually have a function outside of combat that you need them for. But there are also, I think, four additional weapons that you can collect as you're playing. The four additional weapons are totally optional. They are both optional and missable. You can play the game and accidentally never get them if you're not really looking for them, which I love. I love missable stuff. I love that there are things out there that you cannot acquire. It's excellent. Does this game have like a, being that you've completed and everything, does it have like a new game plus kind of thing where you can be on the same playthrough but then go back to old areas to find stuff you missed? Or is it straight up, if you miss it, you miss it? Not not exactly. Uh, I will say that the game, as far as I know, doesn't have New Game Plus, but we'll talk more about what you just said once we get to the actual story element of the game. Cool, cool. Because there is something there, but it's not exactly what you just described. Uh, so, yeah, basically you've got your melee attacks, you've got your magical attacks, and you've got the enemies, which typically follow very predictable attack patterns. You know, smaller enemies have maybe one or two typical attacks that they'll come at you with. A lot of the challenge comes from being swarmed, because when you go to a new area, there might be, you know, four to five enemies that kind of all notice you and come at you. So sure. you really have to be careful about dodging out of the way, using your attacks really quickly, and then getting getting the heck out of dodge before they're able to overwhelm you and take you down. There are also shrines hidden throughout all different areas of the map that allow you to collect pieces of additional hit points and additional magic slots. So you're, I should have said this before, your magical projectiles do work on an MP system. Mm -hmm. I think you start the game with three or four. It might be the same amount as your HP. Uh, and then you can find pieces of basically additional fuel cell cells that's the word i was looking for you can find pieces of additional cells and if you collect them all much like heart pieces in the legend of zelda you get a new one so i'm not going to say how many you can get throughout the game because that's kind of a fun exploration part of it sure which again leads us back to the level design that i managed to not talk about the last time i said <laughs> it but we were getting there so i think one of the things that i love the most about death's door is that it's level design complements the die and try again aspect so well. So you might imagine that, oh, if you have to die and go all the way back to a door and then retrace your steps to just start back up where you left off mm -hmm. and all of the enemies have respawned, you might be in a little bit of trouble. You know, you may have had a really hard time getting there the first time and the idea of doing it all over again, you're like, oh God, this is going to take forever. If, you know, you're maybe struggling a little bit with the gameplay. But that is usually not the case because throughout each level, the design is such that you will slowly but surely unlock shortcuts all along the way. So you might start at a door at point A, and then you kind of work your way through the level to not another door, but to just sort of a little mini boss or a little area where a lot of enemies were. And once you defeat them, a ladder appears or you're able to throw a switch and put a bridge down that connects you closer 
to where the door was. And you keep doing this around the entire map until you basically unlock all the shortcuts so that when you die, you might go back to that same door, but it takes you a fraction of the time to get back to where you died that's, because that's nice. you've unlocked all of these shortcuts and throughways. Oh, that's that's helpful. Yeah, it's so helpful. I mean, I think if I were actually timing it, let's say that I went all the way back to a first door and then we're retracing my steps all the way back to the final boss, if I actually had all the shortcuts opened in real time, it would probably only take two to five minutes. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. so that kind of also then answers my question, which I'm now realizing of asking if it has like a new game plus is a very dumb question because it doesn't even fit in the game style because it, the whole point is you replay the game a lot and go through these areas again. Exactly. So okay. So that so while there you could still miss something at the end of the game, you have on however many times you die chances to discover it again. Yeah. You have endless amount of opportunity to return to any area because remember, in addition to unlocking all of these shortcuts, you're getting new powers all the time, which a lot of stuff is sprinkled throughout every part of the map that you can't actually get to yet because mm. you're missing something. You don't have the, the ability that you need to get to that thing over there. And you're like, Ooh, in the beginning, you don't even really know what you're missing. You don't know what that is. You don't know what you need for it but you're like i know there's something over this little stretch of water if i can just manage to get over there but i don't know how to do that yet yeah. and the game does a great job of just sort of peppering those in around each different area so that you have a lot of incentive to come back and to keep exploring because even though the maps are in reality, not very huge. Mm -hmm. They have so much verticality to them. There's a lot of up and down. There's a lot of up, down, and around. They have so much verticality to them and so much mystery peppered throughout that sure. you can spend a lot of time just exploring each individual area and essentially maxing out all of the stuff that you can find in that level. All the shrines, all the power-ups, all of the... Um, what are they called? They're basically like little chunks of soul orbs that might give you like a hundred at a time, which oh. are very helpful because I also forgot to mention that in addition to your weapons and your power-ups, you also have four different uh, stats, like four different character stats. You've got dex, strength, agility, and magic power. And you use so the souls that you've been collecting the whole time that are like the little souls that you use as currency. Those are used to basically redeem additional power-ups in any of your four stat levels. Okay. I think they only go up to five in each category, and their cost increases every time you unlock one. So initially, you might only need 600 souls to unlock the first magic ability, but then you need 1,500 to get the last one. So you need to be collecting a lot of souls all the time and you need those chunks of soul around the map so that you can actually afford the additional upgrades. Mm. I chose to really go heavy on the magic in the beginning and I do not regret that choice. I know a lot of people go the agility and or the strength path, but I went all magic all the time and I had a great time. Well, because so, I'm imagining that like aids you in combat a little bit more by having oh, better yeah. magic abilities and stuff oh, like yeah, that. For so. sure. Uh, but the way that the game is structured, I think there's an argument for doing it any way you like. If you want to sure. put all of your chips on strength, go for it. You're probably still going to have an equally fair time of it. Maybe not as good of a time, but a fair time. <laughs> so there's all kinds of reasons to go back through each level and explore as much as you possibly can. And the game gives you plenty of opportunities to do that. Nice. Uh, you even have to in some cases, which I love. 
So that's basically everything that we can say about the gameplay to an extent. So now let's actually talk about the story, okay. which will kind of be woven into the gameplay. Um, so the story of Death's Door, we kind of already did a synopsis, but kind of similar to how Hollow Knight is, and I guess Dark Souls to a certain extent. The Quit story, making the comparisons. What are you yeah, doing? You're just feeding the trolls. <laughs> I know. I, should, I shouldn't even do it. I really do think it's more like Hollow Knight than it is like any other game. What happened there, Jared? There's, I there's, just like, is it an earthquake? I, no, I was adjusting and my <laughs> I was trying to like get my legs in a better position and I kicked the bottom of my desk and made everything shaky. I just assumed it was Birdie or Fender. No, nah, they're out in another room. They're too, they'd be oh. too noisy. Oh, do you see him so pushing his little face against he the microphone? He just wants to be up against that microphone and just Kitty feel cat, it's, it's, not f- now. it's warmth. You're he's not, he's not uh, messing with anything. He's not being bad. He's just a bad little cat. Just deep he down just wants to be soul. the center of attention. Oh, he's so cute. We're talking to the man on the computer, Mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the story of Death's Door is not entirely, but to an extent, sort of hidden in the margins. Because in addition to the extra power-ups and the extra chunks of soul and the bosses that you have to find, each area of the map has a bunch of shinies, which I love is because, you know, crows, crows be loving their shiny things. So the game's optional collectibles are called shinies. And I can't remember if every shiny relates to an achievement, but there is at the very least an achievement for collecting every shiny in the game. So if you're an achievement hunter, you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled for those shinies. And the shinies really have no function other than they're a collectible thing. And when you get them, they go into your inventory. And if you then go into the menu and scroll over to your shiny collection, hovering over any of the uh, shinies that you've collected will give you a little bit of text that tells you about that item. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how you get more information on both the background of the game, the lore of the game, and individual NPCs that you meet throughout the game, which are fantastic. That's kind of seems similar then to like Hades. Where oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, I think you know, so. you go through, you talk to the characters as you go, but then you also throw out different things that you do in the game, like actions you complete, you'll get a little additional lore updates, like an icon of a book pops up. Exactly. And then you get to learn, read a little bit more about it and different things yes. like that. Yes. Cool. So that's really the purpose of the shinies is both just an extra thing to collect and they give you little bits of story about the stuff that you've been doing and things that characters don't outright tell you. So the shinies are amazing, but the game is basically... As you keep playing and as you keep reaping these giant souls, you do meet other NPCs and you talk to them about stuff. They're extremely funny. Uh, Chandler the Handler, like I said, is hilarious on his own. He's so uptight. I know, right, Chandler the Handler? I just, I just like the name because immediately when I think of Chandler, I just think, think of, of like Chandler from Friends. Oh, yeah. And so then like especially that it rhymes like Chandler the Handler seems yeah. like something that would both annoy Chandler. So yes. I don't know. It's just all going it's what amazing. this character's character is. So Chandler is awesome, but across the hall from him at another desk is another crow who works at the commission headquarters named Agatha. And she's like the character foil to Chandler because she's super peppy. She loves her job and she is all about typing. She just loves typing. It's what she lives for. And anytime there's an opportunity to do more paperwork, she's like, yes, my time to shine more typing for me. So So Agatha is incredible. I have to say they have a missed opportunity then. It's a bird that loves to type. Why is the bird's name not Mavis Beak? Beacon. Mavis Beacon. Do you not know Mavis Beacon? Mavis no. Beacon teaches typing? Oh, 
wasted joke. I hope somebody else out there got it. <laughs> I'm sure them. somebody got that joke and they're probably like, fine comedy, sir. <laughs> yeah, didn't get that joke. But you, everybody, most people, will get the next one. I, I hope I say his name right. There's a security guard that works at the Reaping Commission headquarters, too. And his name is Ball Plart. Because he's supposed to be <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yep. So funny. And they were like, how about Ball Plart? And they didn't do Mavis Beacon with and that. Come do- on. What? Oh, I'm mad about I'll, that. I'm going to have to tweet the developers. You should get on Twitter and at the developer and be like, why didn't you name Ab- Agatha Mavis Beacon? Because uh, that is actually a very funny joke. She loves typing so much. Oh Come my on. God. Yeah, uh, you should you should get on Twitter and really like send, send them a DM and be like, just a little suggestion for next time. Maybe you, you patch it. this in. <laughs> you done messed up. You done messed up. So all of the NPCs are incredible. And in a lot of cases, there will be brief periods of time where the NPCs actually want to sit down and talk to you. Um, notably at the estate of the Urnwitch, you have a lot of opportunities to talk to. It's I, it's either her son or her nephew. I think it's her, oh, it's her grandson. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to talk to and get to know her grandson, Pothead. So the Urnwitch, <laughs> as her name might imply, and her home being the Ceramic Manor, the Urnwitch is basically a, a, a being, she was, I think at one point, just a normal human that has lived so far beyond her natural lifespan that her soul is now bloated and heavy. And when you, when you basically go beyond the limits of what your natural life should have been in the context of the game, it drives you crazy. So all of these giants that you're hunting down are things that should have died a long time ago. And as a result of them having these unnaturally long lives, they're not all there anymore. They're a little mm. warped. They're a little, they're, they're, they're not quite right. And they're causing a lot of trouble. In the case of the Urnwitch, her whole thing is that she's like, I'm pretty sure that we can keep death away from us because her husband died and it kind of drove her insane. And she's like, I have to get rid of death. We have to just make death not a thing. And mm. she was like, I'm pretty sure I can concoct a spell wherein if everybody wears a pot on their head, we're not going to die. Death can't see you if you wear a pot on your head. And and so that's why she like turned her grandson's it, but... entire head into a pot. And his name is Pothead. And he's this jovial sort of knightly guy. And he calls you Beakface because you're just a crow. Which I guess the crow's canonical name is probably Beakface. Because Pothead is the only one that actually gives you a name. So Pothead is incredible, and he does offer you some of the soup from his own head. And the crow's like, ooh, no thank you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> thanks, it's brain. So the NPCs are hilarious. And throughout the game, once you're reaping these giant souls, there's also another major NPC, the Gravedigger. I think his name is Steadholm. Steadholm or something like that. Uh, but the Gravedigger will kind of give you these pieces of exposition that really just double down on the game's overall theme of the cycle of life and death is necessary. It may not be nice, you know, it's not good for the people that are left behind, but everything has to end because when your soul goes into the ether, it eventually gets recycled and it comes back as something else. I'm actually not sure if the game says that, but that was something that I personally just kind of put together. So it's really all about dying is natural, we shouldn't fear death, and when you try to break that cycle, bad things happen. So as you're going around and collecting these giant souls and collecting additional power-ups in the process, 
you go back to Reaping Commission headquarters and you keep finding these journal entries hidden all around from uh, empty offices. And they seem to maybe all be written by the same crow. I'm personally not sure about that. Some of them may Mm. have been written by different crows. But it seems like there was a specific crow at the headquarters that was starting to pick up on a conspiracy. So it's like, oh, okay, one of the entries is um, they told us to cancel everything. You know, today we got we got a message from on high that we have to close all the doors, completely cut off all the crows that are out in the field right now. We have to shut everything down, uh, and we're not sure why. I'm not going to question it. I just work here, so whatever HQ wants, they're going to get. And you keep getting more like that of like, ooh, but what happened to the crows that were left out there? They're gonna. They're just gonna die. What What yeah. do we do about that? I don't. I don't really know. We're, this is weird, right? Like it's just a lot of this, and it's very relatable if you've ever worked in an office or in any environment where you're like, Ooh, I feel like some not great stuff is going on. But also, I just work here, so I don't really want to mention it. It's that. It's very much that bureaucratic, like, Ugh, like it, like that gross just vibe. Looking the other way, like, mm, yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. So if it, I ignore this, it'll go away. It's very poignant, I should say. So you keep finding more and more entries like this, and then eventually through a specific area of the map called, I think it's either Castle Lock. If it's not called Castle Lock, that's what I call it. Don't at me. That's it's got locks and keys, okay? It's got all it's got door imagery. It's not surprising. So Castle Lock is basically the resting place of the Lords of Doors. So your direct boss not your direct boss, chain of command, bureaucracy, all that. But the over the, the CEO of the Reaping Commission is the Lord of Doors. And the Lord of Doors is this otherworldly creature that actually has a big lock for a face and like a cool looking <laughs> helmet. The Lord of Doors design is hilarious. The first time you meet the Lord of Doors, it's holding a mug that says world's best Lord. And it's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> so the Lord of Doors is this very mysterious character who just sort of oversees all of the gummings and goings of souls through their doors. That's that's the Lord of Doors' entire job, is to be the facilitator of the cycle of life and death. But as you learn from Castle Locke, even the Lord of Doors cannot escape death. It, there comes a point in every Lord of Doors' reign where they are supposed to die and then let the next Lord of Doors take over. Mm. Your Lord of Doors, you start to learn, has been around for a long time, like too long. And you just sort of keep getting these pieces of why are all of these creatures living way past their natural lifespan? What's going on here? Is something wrong with the cycle of life and death? And you do eventually discover towards the end of the game, so this is like some endgame spoiler stuff, that yes, that's exactly what has happened. In a big sort of very nearly the end climactic scene, you've collected all three giant souls, you go back to the Grey Crow, and it works. You use all the giant souls to burst open Death's door, and you and the Grey Crow go in. And it's just this really creepy all-white space. There's nothing there. Except for one other creature. You want to guess who it is? The Old Crow? No, not the old crow. So you and oh. the old crow are in there together, and you encounter oh. one other creature. Sorry, I completely missed that. Uh, I don't know. It's death. Oh, you well, you no. meet <laughs> the death. 
Uh, actually, I'm gonna, I think I can put this, oh, it'll, it'll probably take me too long. Anyways, there's, de death is basically just, a, it's not even really much taller than you as the crow. It's this little short reaper in a black hoodie. It's not even a crow, it's like a little person. In yeah. a black hoodie with a little fanny pack on, and like the classic, <laughs> <laughs> and the traditional scythe over his shoulder, and he's just like, sup, hey, I'm death. Welcome to the void. Just chilling. <laughs> Just chilling. So you come to find out that death was actually trapped in the beyond by the Lord of Doors. Mm. So thousands of years ago, the Lord of Door, the original Lord of Doors, and death made an agreement. You know, the de death was like, man, reaping all these souls is a real bummer. You know, you reap the soul, you do your job, and then as you leave, there are all these people crying and sobbing, and it's just sad. I don't yeah. really want to do this anymore. So the Lord of Doors comes along, and they're like, hey, why don't you let me and my commission of crows take care of it? We'll do the reaping, and we'll build these doors to facilitate souls going on to the afterlife, which they signed a contract, everybody was happy with it. Things go along for thousands of years just fine. New Lords of Doors comes along, come along, they maintain the process, death's happy, the lords are happy. But at your Lord of Doors, your Lord was like, I don't, I don't want to die. How about that? I don't want to do this anymore. I feel like I shouldn't have to die. The, on the day I was born, because they're created by the previous Lord, on sure. the day that I was brought into this world by the previous Lord, I knew the exact day that I would die. I have known from the second of my existence exactly how long I have, and that kind of fucks you up, bro. Uh, so I, I've decided I'm not going to do that. So your Lord of Doors trapped death behind death's door, thereby stopping death. I, I mean, there's really no death in this world. Sure. Unless you as a Reaper actually go out and kill something, then, there's, then they die. But aside from that, nothing is going on to the afterlife the way that it should, which is why everything is all out of whack. So the game's final boss is, in fact, death. But before that, not death, excuse me, the Lord of Doors. But before that, you get this really awesome boss fight with the old crow, with the gray crow. <gasps> because you and the gray crow get to this void and you're both like, okay, we're going to be able to recover the souls that got behind this door, right? And that's like, mm -hmm. ooh, no, sorry, bro. Um, as About soon that. as a soul gets to this part of the ether, they're gone. They become one with the ether again. There's no way you're getting those souls back. They are totally gone. The old crow, who has also lived way beyond his natural lifespan, mm -hmm. this this is the this is the straw that breaks the crow's back. <laughs> he he goes crazy and he basically becomes a monstrous crow that you then have to fight. Oh, His damn. fight is awesome. It's so cool. It's very sad. Like the music that plays at his specific uh, boss fight is not like the other ones. It's this really poignant piano theme, and you just get the sense of like, oh. Unlike with the other bosses, which were really bombastic, kind of fun fights, you know, high energy fights, this one is really, it's got the feel of just putting something out of its misery. Because the old crow, it's just, it's, it's beyond his time, you just gotta take him out. So, that's, that's, that's really kind of what happens in the game. You take out the gray crow, and then you go on to the final boss, the Lord of Doors. And his fight is so fun. It's yeah. such a good fight, and it's one of those boss fights that you're like, oh, this is exactly what 
what was needed to bring this game to a satisfying close because it's one of those phased fights. Mm -hmm. So you start off and you're just fighting the Lord of Doors like one-on-one, mano-a-mano. He's trying to punch you to death and you're just chipping away at him with your tiny little sword. Yeah. And eventually he's like, fuck this man. And he'll snap his finger, excuse me, they. The Lord of Doors is very specifically a non-gendered creature. I need to make that clear. The game specifically refers to them as they. So I should Mm -hmm. be doing that as well. The Lord of Doors will snap their fingers. A door opens up, of course. They are the Lord of Doors. And the Lord will, you know, sneak away through the door to the next area. And it's this really interesting mix of you're basically blasting through different sections of the Reaping Commission headquarters. You know, these black and white, very stark uh, environments with all of these obstacles that you have to overcome. And it's all very fast paced and you're just trying to get to the Lord of Doors. But he's always one step ahead of you, you know, firing stuff in your direction. And then you'll wind up in the next area, which is a reflection of the three other areas of the game that you've been from. So you kind of revisit the estate of the Urn Witch. You revisit the the, the Mushroom Kingdom or the the wetlands. I can't remember what the game calls it. It's frog, frog territory. And then you revisit the mountains and it's like, Oh, this is great. It's calling back to all those other fights that you have. And at the same time, giving you these brand new areas to explore, not explore, but just to get through to get to the Lord of doors. So once you've gotten through all of the areas of the possible map to fight the Lord, you get to the final one, which is right back in the abandoned hall of the Reaping Commission headquarters, which is just oh, wow. blasted out now, and it's you versus the Lord of Doors final fight. And it actually is a pretty challenging fight. I think I died... Because you have to redo the whole thing. Uh, if oh, you man. die, you go all the way back to the beginning, and you have to do it all over again. It's it's a gauntlet run, basically. Sure. So you have to redo the whole gauntlet, gauntlet run if you die. But when you get to that final fight in the Reaping Commission headquarters, and it's just you desperately battling it out with the Lord of Doors. It has such a, such a fun feeling to it. And when you do finally destroy the Lord of Doors, you restore the balance. You restore the balance of life and death, um, which is the, the conclusion that everyone was hoping for. So not only have you destroyed death's door and freed death to come back into the world again, you've also destroyed the line of the Lord of Doors. Mm. So the bureaucracy of, is gone. You have successfully taken down the man, which is the <laughs> whole point. So it's, it's amazing. You, you're like, yes, I am the foretold crow. So I didn't really mention this earlier, but as you keep going in the game, you do eventually find a settlement of free crows. It's all of the crows that left the commission headquarters or were cut off and weren't able to get back. Mm -hmm. They formed their own little settlement up in the mountains, and they've been secretly working behind the scenes to undermine the Lord of Doors and restore the balance of life and death. And they have had these prophecies that you are the foretold crow. They're like, oh, yes, our legends have spoken of you. The time is nigh. You, you must restore the balance of life and death. <laughs> so it's this very like bombastic, like, oh, this is greater than me sort of thing. So the story is fantastic. It's very fun. It's very simple, but it's very well executed. And that's the end of the game. You beat the Lord of Doors, death is back, and everybody's fine. Except... Uh It's not quite the end. (laughs) So you asked about New Game Plus, and no, there isn't anything like that. But at the very end of the Lord of Doors fight, when the Lord collapses, and I think disappears... 
Somebody drags away its body, so that's not mm-hmm. correct. But the Lord collapses, and in a sort of post-game cutscene, someone is dragging away the Lord of Dor's body. I think it might actually be the Vagabond Crow. I can't remember who it is, but it doesn't matter. It zooms in on the floor where the Lord fell, and there's a weird-looking key there. And it's like, Uh-oh. oh, well, the Baby game is door. over, but there's something on the floor in the Reaping Commission headquarters. I should go back there. So you can keep playing beyond when the game has ended. So if you mm. go back and you collect that key, there's a bell tower out in the cemetery that you haven't been able to open the entire game that you can finally use the key to unlock the gate. Oh, cool. If you This is, this is a big spoiler. I mean, it's all been big spoilers, but this is an even bigger spoiler. If you go up to the top of the bell tower and actually ring the bell, it turns the entire game, not just that area, from day to night. Oh. And the game is different at night. Like stuff actually changes. The, That's none cool. of the none of the usual monsters are out and about in any of the areas. There will occasionally be new weird monsters that you're like, oh god, you're not supposed to be here. Get out of here. Mm. But for the most part, it's dead silent and there's nothing around because it's nighttime. You're like, ooh, this is creepy. So if you go back to each of the areas that you've been to before, there will be new things for you to do. There's new stuff that only happens at night for you to discover. I'm not going to go into any detail on that because it's all very fun and interesting new stuff that just sort of builds on all the powers that you've gotten in the game. But in the process of doing this, you're collecting these things called tablets of knowledge. And the, the crows, the, the settlement of the free crows, they actually worship this thing that they just call truth or the eye of truth. I can't exactly remember what they call it, but I think they call it the eye of truth. Sure. They sort of worship this deity, this thing called the eye of truth, and they've got a little altar in their settlement to truth. And it's got these uh, pillars on it that all have a, a little a little inlet, a little inset that's missing something for your tablets of knowledge to go uh-huh. in. So if you go back through the game at nighttime and you do all of the things to collect all the tablets of knowledge and then go back to the the altar the altar of truth. I again mm. don't know what they call it in the game. That's what I call it in my head. If you go back and you return all the tablets. You unlock the true ending. So this is one of those games that has a regular ending and then a true ending if you do oh, all the stuff. Which no. I love. <laughs> Everybody loves that kind of stuff. So the true ending reveals, and this was really not I mean, if you read if you read the Wikipedia article, it's 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 obvious. It's right there. But I didn't sure. really realize this until the very end when I got the true ending, that Death's Door actually is technically a sequel to Acid Nerve's previous game, Titan Souls. So Titan Souls was this indie pixelated game where you played as this little person and you went around and I think you had to slay 12 Titans. And it was sort of like Shadow of the Colossus in that the whole point of the game is just to beat these bosses. That's the game. You go around, you beat the bosses. When you beat them all, congratulations, you've done it. Mm-hmm. So the true ending of the game reveals that at the end of Titan Souls, the person, like the little boy or whoever you were, opened the door to truth. And I think like let truth into it's very ethereal. It's very okay. like out there. But yeah, it's basically a direct sequel to Titan Souls, uh, just in this sort of not necessarily alternate universe, but in this other world that wasn't part of Titan Souls. 
So that's Death Door. It's the best game ever. <laughs> I love oh, it cool. to death. I highly recommend it to absolutely anyone. Um, I think that it does combat so well. The exploration aspects are incredible. The story, while minimal, is really is really um, gripping. Like when you keep getting just these little pieces of the puzzle as you keep going, you're like, oh, okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting closer to the truth. And sure. it has a really nice, impactful feel to it when you do get to both the ending and then in turn the true ending. Each of them feels like a big success. So it's a fantastic game. Acid Nerve knocked it out of the park. It is short. I think I took longer than most people would take. It took me 16 hours. You could easily beat it full ending in far less than that. I think the average gamer will probably take 10 to 12. I think you the were speed just doing that runner. Because you, were, you were like going out and exploring all oh, the different yeah. things, looking at every nook and cranny, trying to find. All I the was taking and all my that time. Stuff. It took me a sure. long, long time, but that's how I 100% of the game. And I almost, almost have all of the achievements. I'm only missing nice. three. One of them will be really easy to get. The other, I actually don't know how to get, so I'm going to have to puzzle that one out. The third one. I know how to get it, but it's one of those replay the entire game, uh, but using only the shittiest weapon. So it's basically hard mode. It's like, yeah. yeah, replay the game on hard mode and see how you do, which I don't actually think will be that hard because I'm, I'm good at the game by now. But it is going to kind of suck. <laughs> so. Yeah, that always I mean, I, I know, even if it's a game that I like or something like that, and it's one and it's one that I see that as one of the trophies or achievements of like replay the game at X thing i'm like i just don't think it's gonna happen <laughs> see this <laughs> you know? is probably the only game where i realistically think i will i think oh, okay. i'll actually go back and i'll play the game and i'll use just that weapon because as i've you know i've beaten the game two weeks ago by now i think maybe yeah. maybe one to two weeks ago and i've been sitting here ever since going I can't play Death's Door today. I'm done. <laughs> Gotta be Horizon, so, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But my point being, I want to keep playing it. Sure, sure. I think the game does a good job of ending when it does because it uses everything that it has and it uses it very well. And then it's done. It's like, yep, we got there. We are finished here. But it does give you the ability to replay the game. And I think it has a lot of re- replayability just in that it's so good. So I'm probably I'm probably going to get those last three achievements. I will nice. do whatever it takes to do, do it, it, and I'm going to 100%, truly, truly 100% a game for the first time in my life, and not oh exactly God. get a platinum trophy, but if there were platinum trophies, I would have it. Yeah, I mean, so, if you had been playing on, is it on PlayStation, or is it only Steam, Switch and Steam? No, or is it only Steam? I think Death's Door is available for, like, everything by now. It is available oh, okay. for Windows, Switch, PS4 and 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. So essentially, I should have bought it for you on the PS4. Then you could have got those that platinum trophy. <laughs> I know. I am interested to know if it's the same achievements. I imagine it is. Usually they are. I don't know. So Hollow Knight did this, where even in the Switch version, the developer built in the achievement system into the game itself. Yeah. That's not the case in Death's Door, but maybe for the Switch version, they did that? I hope so, but I, I, I doubt it. So if you are the achievement-minded person, you might want to play it on Steam or one of the other consoles that actually has achievements enabled. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun and stuff like that, and especially, like, it does sound like it is similar in style to, like, Hades and things like that. 
Um, but it does it does seem nicer in the fact that it seems to have more progress saves than Hades does, whereas not where like you you die and rerun. Like I still haven't beat yeah. Hades. I've been playing it again recently and I'm still just like, good God, I'm never gonna do it. And so that honestly and especially I look at I haven't touched it in forever because of Horizon, but Sifu in the same way. Oh yeah. And so it's where it's just kind of like, ah, it's so hard for me to like be good at those games. I don't know why, but it just is. See, I tried Rogue Legacy the same way and same thing didn't work out. Ooh, I've and heard so, Rogue like, Legacy is really hard. It is hard. It's Ooh. very hard. And yeah, I gave up a hard on that one very quickly. Me. But um, this seems a little bit more. Jared I would friendly. call it accessible. <laughs> I would call it yes, a more yes, accessible. accessible experience. The difficulty level is there. It's not a walk in the park for most gamers. Yeah. Um, but even for me, you know, I played it originally on my brother's PS5 when I was visiting him. And in the span of just a couple of days, I had already beaten about half of the game. So it's not the kind of game that is prohibitively difficult by any means. Uh, I was even on the Reddit because I've been asking people for very vague hints about specific shinies, which the Death Store Reddit is so good about that. Those people are awesome. Um, And somebody posted a video of her recording the screen of her eight-year-old beating the Lord of Doors. So it's like if that eight-year-old can do it, you can too. I I can do it for sure. Okay. Yeah, you can do it for sure. That makes me feel better about it then. I think it is just such a well-made game and it has so much going for it um so far honestly it's kind of my game of the year oh even though i haven't even though it didn't come out this year i it it, it might be my top game by so our standards it's the games if if we played in the calendar year it it, it's in contention for our yeah, game of the year it is getting fierce competition from neon white though oh yeah, we'll talk about Neon White. We'll have to later. hear about that one another yeah. time. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that one, too. That one also has looked very fun, too. And I hear it's also kind of short and everything I really well, can't decide if I but think it's you action would looks like Neon insane. White. Yeah, it looks, yeah. It's crazy. It looks, a little, it looks a, little, uh, a little too crazy for what I like, but I don't know. See, I could be wrong. My, my, my theory new. is I think you would really like the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I think you would not like the very heavy anime stylings in the margins. Uh, I think that might be where the game loses you. <laughs> Yeah, just in the art style and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'll try it out, though. I'm uh, down to try it. One last thing about Death's Door that I really didn't get to talk about enough. The soundtrack I was rules. about to ask. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot. It, the, all you need to know about Death's Door soundtrack is just go to YouTube and look up the theme for Avarice. So after you beat a final boss, you'll get this opportunity to go and basically do a super gauntlet run of little mini enemies. And if you defeat that gauntlet run, which you have to, it's not optional, uh, that's how you get your power-up. So that's how you get the power-ups that you need to progress through the game. And every time Avarice plays, those sections are pretty hard, but oh my god, they're so fun because that track blows your mind that nice. is, it, it's it's my favorite track in the game i think it's actually a remix of one of the songs that the developer used in titan souls oh, uh, I, cool. I gathered that from the comment section on youtube as one does uh, but it's incredible and all of the themes that play throughout the entire game they're amazing the one that plays in the overgrown ruins is so peaceful and fun and light and then the one that plays up in the mountains is a little bit more solemn and and a little bit more emotional 
emotional. Mm -hmm. Just the game does an incredible job of using the music to its maximum advantage to build energy when it needs to and then bring you back down to a nice baseline where it needs to deliver those more emotional parts. Nice, nice. I like that. I like Stellar. that. I'll have to yeah. listen to the soundtrack. I've heard from multiple places that it's good, so I was wanting to hear what your thoughts on it were The as well. composer is David Fenn. And David Fenn, what... Congratulations! Golf clap. You done Golf it. Clap for David <laughs> oh, David Fenn is also the producer and one of the designers. So this is a very small indie indie team. So can you imagine being so talented that you can both design <laughs> games and soundtracks? No, no, I can't. I sure can't. I can't either. I don't. People that are like that, it's like how? I just I know, don't right? get it. <laughs> Look at. Uh, I'm blanking on the name now, but the the Stardew developer. Oh yeah, uh, Concerned Ape. Yes, thank you. Man. But like like. Everything in that game. How? 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 And the soundtrack for for Stardew Valley is also a banger. Yeah. So it's, it's like I don't really I don't good. understand how people can be so multi talented in ways what's, like that. It's what's it like to have five brains in one? I just right? can't fathom it. I uh, know I can't either. That's nuts. But you know what? Hats off to him though for being able to do it and to give us great games such as Death's Door. Well. I loved hearing about that. Sounds like a lot of fun. I will definitely have to try it out soon. Uh, Please it does do. Seem like I, I one. really think you'll like it. I think you yeah. will. No, and especially if the length is good. Getting into a game like that, but then knowing like, you know, who knows how long it'll take to actually beat it, but also then kind of knowing like it has that end. I Like at this point with Hades, I'm just waiting to beat it just once and then I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Picking it up again. <laughs> so that is like the thing. I can't let that game win. I have to beat it at least once because I've come so far with it So at this point. But uh, knowing it, that, that barrier to entry is not. I know. I'm yeah. getting close. I'm getting close. Whenever I start streaming again, that's going to be the thing I'm playing until I can until you get it done i i I gotta be like one or two runs away that's what it feels like though so hopefully i can do it but knowing that uh death store is a little more accessible makes me more interested in trying it out and yes while i listen to the soundtrack on spotify and stuff like that or wherever i can can listen to it i definitely will want to hear it in the context of the game and all that stuff yes it just makes it so much better but but man that is a very good review thank you thank you thank you so much for bringing you want to see a kitty before we go oh of course hang on let me see if i can get this Oh, there oh, he is. he's just so cozy. Little baby boy. Oh, my goodness. Little, little, little kitty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is the con- oh, he's looking up. Are you talking about me, Mom? Oh, there oh, he is. Oh, there he is. So cute. Oh, my goodness. Okay. What a handsome boy. He's like, get that light out of my face. I'm trying to sleep. It's too damn bright, Mom. God. God. <laughs> Well, that was our Mogus review of Death's Door. But before we go and uh, leave you for this week, we do have to do a little bit of a moment with Mogan and find out what is coming out soon and and what we can look forward to in the gaming world. So we obviously missed quite a few weeks because of of the Rona. So I'm not going to backtrack and go through everything that came out, except to say that Sunbreak, Monster Hunter Rise, uh, the big expansion Sunbreak is out now. I haven't been able to pick it up yet, but that's one that I'm planning to. Uh, also out now is Neon White, and if you are curious about it, just get it. It's only 25 bucks. It's awesome. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. But coming soon, uh, so as of this episode's air date, all the following are either out today or coming within the next week. Escape Academy for PS5, Xbox Series X, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. 
Eyes in the Dark, The Curious Case of One Victoria Bloom for PC only. That one sounds like a mystery detective game, so I might yeah, actually check that sounds out later. Sounds like a Nancy Drew one. And I hope I'm not wrong. I hope that's what it is. Uh, Rune Factory 5 is out for PC now. I believe it's already out for the Switch, if I'm not mistaken, but it's coming to PC on the 15th. As Dusk Falls is out for all current and former Xbox uh not all current and former, but new and Xbox One gen and PC. Endling Extinction is Forever is out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 19th. Fallen Angel is out for Switch and PC on the 19th as well. Into the Breach is getting its iOS and Android ports on the 19th. Stray, one of the oh, this, this one I'm excited Hambone about. It's just being a straight up ad for this game for that yes, game. Yes, Hambone, this is your game, buddy. You're gonna be you're gonna be even so looks excited. Like the kitty of Stray, huh? He even looks like the kitty in Stray. He does. Yeah, he's the poster child. Get him a little so, backpack like that cat does. Stray is coming out for PS4, PS5, and PC. Currently not for Xbox, but I'm sure that in the future they'll probably port it to it. And I would be surprised if the game never comes to Switch. I feel like that's imminent at this point. Yeah. Um, Bright Memory Infinite is coming out uh, for PS5, Xbox Series X and X, and Switch on the 21st. And then rounding out the end of next week, Live Alive. Or Live Alive? I think it's called Live Alive. <laughs> which... God, this developer does not know how to name games. It's from the Octopath Traveler people. Oh, so Live Alive is a Western themed, you know, uh, hyper 2D, whatever they call it, a game, which I don't know what to think about this one. I obviously love Octopath Traveler, but I'm like, oh, I hate Western themed games. (laughs) (laughs) So the theme alone might be enough to turn me off to this one, but I'm not going to write it off all the way. But that'll be coming out for the Switch on the 22nd of next week. So look out for that. one, And that's it. Nice. Well, there we go. There we have it, everybody. Well, uh, we will try again since the COVID has gone through us now. Hopefully, that means we won't have any other big disruptions to anything coming up soon. But hey, you know, if we do, we'll keep you updated and get you episodes when we can. We'll promise that right now. (laughs) When (laughs) we're able to. (laughs) It was great to be able to get back and do an episode because, man, I will say I have missed it. It's been great to be behind the mics, even though we are separated over the power of the Internet. Oh, he's such a cute little kitten boy. (laughs) And we'll get back into the studio and some soon once i'm no longer in my uh, my contagion your confinement <laughs> my confinement but anyway but anyway everybody thank you so much for joining us for this episode of team chat podcast and thank you mogan for bringing a wonderful review of death's door go play it everybody and let us know what you think but until next time i'm one of your hosts jared wilson joined across the power of the internet with my co-host Rachel mogan. adios we'll see you all next time